0: you. Hello. Good to see you here this morning. We're moving along the beginning of our science of mind textbook those first four introduction sort of sections. Uh, I think the whole thing's 35 pages. If we spend the whole month of January looking at what we call our basic beliefs, back to basics. That's what we're doing. And today we're on the third of chapter which is what it does, what it does. So week 1 we did the thing itself, right? God first cause creative intelligence, divine intelligence, whatever we want to call it, the thing itself. Last week, we looked at the way it works. You know, and the way it works is it works through us. And this week, we take a look at what it does. And this week's outline was written by Reverend Glenda Davis. She's minister emeritus at CSL Dolton, Alabama. And you know what? Her writing. Her outline was so lovely that uh, I'm going to use some of it today because it really was an interesting uh, a writing, I thought, and very well done. She starts with a quote from uh, Dr. Fred Vogt, who was her first minister, and he was the minister of Mile High Church in Denver. He became minister in 1966. He wasn't the first minister of Mile High, and for those of you that don't know, Denver Mile High Center for Spiritual Living is our largest center. I think it seats 1,500 people. They have three um, services on a Sunday. So it is is one of our big, it it is our biggest center. And uh, Dr. Voigt was there from uh, 66 to 93 when he retired. He was there 27 years and then uh, Dr. Roger Till, became the minister. He had been an assistant minister there, and he was called back to become the senior minister. He had moved to another church at that time, and he is there from 93 till present. He just announced his retirement this year, and he's uh, appointed his successors. There are going to be two co-ministers. So it's a very, very big center, and Dr. Vogt was the one that really built the center, and, and, and it continued to grow. And this is a quote from her minister. Uh, he's to the answer to, what does it do? What does it do? Which is the chapter. What does it do? It changes lives. It changes them drastically and dramatically. It provides us with a scientific method for doing so. It eliminates the unwanted elements from life, producing ever-increasing good. It picks us up and turns us around to face toward the light and our good and provides confidence and strength for the journey of life. It gives a reason and purpose for living and adds zest to every experience, brings new dimensions of dignity to the human scene and provides us with an inner assurance and confidence and authority. It eliminates greed, selfishness, and hypocrisy, hatred, fear, and frustration, and puts one at peace with God, our fellow man, and ourselves. By all this it eliminates from our consciousness and hence from our experience poverty, illness, and unhappiness. It lets us see the problem of life are like the dark side of the moon needing only the light of truth. The truth of God within us to dissolve appearances into nothingness and then that inner light can shine on our pathway more and more into that perfect day when sorrow and sighing shall flee away and bring us finally the total awareness of our at-one-ment with God and life. That's what it does. Dr. Fred Vogt, that's what it does. Pretty powerful, right? Dr. in his video for this week, he says, I wish I could see that the science of mind did that. You know, but it's not our our, princip- our, our our teaching that does it, it's the thing itself that does that. It's the thing itself moving through us. Now, if we can learn to use these principles, we can learn to have that happen in our life in a greater way, in a faster way, in a clearer way. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. So what we do very first is we align ourselves with source. We align ourselves with source. If we want to have this change in our life, and how do we do that? How do we align ourselves? We align ourselves through prayer treatment, through meditation, through doing our affirmations, For correct thinking according to the truth, so that we can receive the infinite intelligence into our life experience, right? We download God into our operating system. There's a lot of analogies around right now about comparing source to the computer and to our hard drive. And, and so this is we download God into our operating system, and to that degree do we experience greater success in every area of our life. You know, as we use this comparison of a computer, it is said that our desktop, what we see in our desktop and the files that we have are our conscious mind. But then when we link up to the internet, when we link up to all that's out there, all that information, we can equate that to our subjective mind, to all that is, right? And, uh, and it's not until we can connect to the internet that we have resource to all of that. Well, it's, it's, we can use that analogy for connecting to source. We align ourselves with source. We download God. We download God into our operating system. Now, if we have the belief however hidden from our awareness it may be, that we are inadequate, undeserving, not good enough in some way, then divine intelligence cannot express there. Now, why is it? It's not because it's holding back. It's not holding back from us. It's not because it's not ready, willing, and able, but it's because our receiving dock is closed to receiving, right? We're closed. Reverend Glenda, she says she imagines a big loading dock, right? We have this giant loading dock, and we've placed an order to be delivered to our loaded dock. We place an order with the universe. They say, I would love a loving, harmonious relationship. And source wheels up the big truck, wheels it up to our loading dock, and what do you know? The receiving station is closed. Spirit cannot deliver it. Spirit cannot deliver it if we are not open to receive it. We don't believe we can have it, we don't believe we can keep it, and we don't believe we deserve it, right? That which operates under this. We may not even be aware of that. We may not even be aware that we are feeling undeserving of receiving the very thing that it is that we're asking for. And so our doors are closed. Our doors are closed to receiving. Source cannot make the delivery. Mohade Gandhi says this, Mohade Gandhi, excuse me, we succeed when what we think and what we say and what we do are all lined up, right? So last week we talked about thought plus feeling equals manifestation, Well, we're going to add a couple more elements. We've got thought plus feeling plus my word plus my action. Those are the things we want to line up. We want to be congruent. My thoughts and words are saying one thing. I want my feelings to be in alignment with that. And I want my actions to be in alignment with that. You know, that's where a lot of us stop. You know, we say treat and move your feet around here, right? So if you do a spiritual mind treatment and then you sit in your living room, yeah, someone could come knocking at the door if what you've asked is for this loving relationship. But it's probably a good idea to get outside of your house, right? To get to places where you might meet somebody. To sign up for some meetup groups and hang out with people, come to church, you know, play, go out into the world, treat and move our feet. So we're immersed in this formless substance that is waiting to be formed into our successful and wonderful life, right? We imagine ourselves all around us is source, all around us is this unformed substance, this divine stuff, this God stuff that Ernest calls it. Uh, Reverend Glenda, she calls, she equates it to universal jello. She says it's a universal jello that we're submerged in, and our thoughts and our minds are the mold, right? We talked about that last, last week, by what we think we're creating the mold for this substance to be poured into. And, uh, before we learn these principles of science of mind, we might be wishy-washy in our thinking. We might have some fear. We might hope. We might uh, think that maybe, maybe, maybe not. You know, we waffle back and forth. We're not really clear in our thought, and so this substance that we poured into this mold doesn't have time to set up. You remember those old Jello molds? You remember the old Jello molds? My mom had them. They hung on the wall. You know those brass ones and they weren't all different or they were copper, or they were different shapes. You know, and we pour our thing into that mold and we want it to set up and you've got to leave it long enough so it can set, so you can have that thing. So as we get, uh, we don't have much power to create our good because our minds are untrained. Our minds are untrained. Then we come across these ideas, these science of mind, these teachings, and we begin to learn to train our mind. We learn to know that thoughts are things and that thoughts are creative. And we, get, and we begin to practice training our thoughts. We come the, become the powerful, creative, spiritual beings we were made to be. And uh, Ernest Holmes says this in the book. He says, Trained thought is far more powerful than untrained thought. And the one who gives conscious power to his thought should be careful what he thinks, more than the one who does not. The more power one gives to his thought, the more completely he believes that his thought has power, the more power it will have, the more power it will have. So the trained thought, to be aware of the thoughts that we're thinking, to be aware of what's coming in as we're moving through our day, to pay attention, I loved, was it your reading, the slow, the slow is remembered, you know, are we slow, are we conscious? Are we, are we taking that time to remember? Are we running through life with all these thoughts going in and out? You know, I won't make it, I'm in a hurry, oh my gosh, there's so much to do, blah, 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 blah. Right, that's what we're creating. That's what we're creating. So we wanna be careful of the thoughts that we pour into these molds. We wanna use our trained mind. We wanna use our trained mind to set that intention of what it is that we wanna create. We can learn to picture ourselves. We can learn to picture ourselves being congratulated for a job well done. We can learn to imagine ourselves being appreciated for all that it is that we do. We can learn to see ourselves being surrounded by a loving family and friends. We can see ourselves in this loving relationship with this amazing partner. We can see ourselves in optimum health, just radiating and doing all that we want to do. We can see ourselves traveling. We can see ourselves on that cruise ship or on that airplane flying to Europe. We can set the mold for the things that it is that we want to create in our life. We can begin with the tools of visualization, affirmation our spiritual mind treatment, seeing our practitioner, doing our own prayer work. You know, we cannot fight the universe and win. It refuses to be budged off its course. We are the ones that need to conform we are the ones that need to change. The spiritual principles are the spiritual principles and that's what they are, no matter what. Whether we believe them or not, it was really interesting and I wasn't gonna share this, but it just came to my mind. I was, um, this week I went down to my mom's house. Her husband, my stepdad, was in hospice care and ready to make his transition. And I was there, and I was with her, and I was doing prayer support, and my sisters were there, and it was really a really lovely time. You know, I was talking with my mom about sort of the end of life and what happens when we go on, and she was really worried for Papa because she kept saying, well, is that true even if he doesn't believe it? And I would say, yes, it's true. Whether he believes it or not, it's there. You know, that afterlife is there, that, that what happens to us when we leave this planet is there for whether we believe it or not, right? And he did make his transition on Friday. Friday afternoon, he took his last breath, is surrounded with my mom and their two puppies and the hospice nurse, and uh, grateful that he's moved on to that next place you know, but it is done unto us as we believe, and the spiritual principles of the universe are the spiritual principles of the universe. The law is the law is the law. No matter what. There's a story there's a story of uh you may have heard this one of the ship captain, and he's he's commanding the ship, whatever they do, selling the big ship, and off in the distance he sees some lights. And so he sends a command, he says, move 10 degrees south and the voice comes right back says no you move 10 degrees north right? and he's a little upset about that and he 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 says back to it he says excuse me this is the captain move 10 degrees south and the voice comes back or the the, the announcement comes back over the wires well this is a Captain James, or this is a third-classman James, move 10 degrees north. And he says, well, I know what will really get this guy. He says, this is a battleship, move 10 degrees south. And the answer comes back, move 10 degrees north. This is a lighthouse, (laughs) right? We can't change what is. We can't change what is, these fundamental things. We must adjust ourselves to work within these principles. The principles are not going to change to adjust to what we want. The principles are the principles. The universe is the lighthouse in our lives. We can't storm the gates of heaven to get in. We can't force, bully, or intimidate. We can't complain and whine. Sooner or later, we realize that we're up against the lighthouse, and we have to change our course. So, where in your life do you might need to change your course? Where in your life are you butting your head against that closed door? Right? Is it time to turn left, to turn right? To try something else, perhaps? Right? We have to change what we are thinking, saying, and doing. Nothing else is going to work. You know, we live in a friendly universe. The universe wants to give us what it is that we desire. It's on our side. It's ready to download all the good we could possibly have. It's backing up to our receiving dock. You know, are your doors open? Are your doors open? It wants to give you health, prosperity, happiness, all the good you could want. But we have to be open and receptive to it. We have to know our good is ours and we can have it. What is Emma's saying? There's good for me, and I ought to have it, right? There's good for me, and I ought to have it. And that's the truth for each of us. There's good for us. We have to know that the universe gives it freely. It doesn't have to be forced, or cajoled, or manipulated in any way. We have to know ourselves and and all others are powerful, creative, spiritual beings, without exception. If it's true for one of us, it's true for all of us. There's only one. It can't be true that these trained practitioners are more powerful than you are. We're all practitioners. We're all practitioners. We all have the same power within us to express, to learn, to align ourselves with God. They had said that the right use of our will is to align our will with Source. Right? It's not to jam it through but to align ourselves with source to align ourselves with source ernest ends this section of the of the that we're reading section 3 with here and now we are surrounded by and immersed in an infinite good how much of this infinite good is ours all of it he says and how much of it may you have to use as much of it as you can embody are you going to God with the thimble or are you going to God with the big old wash bucket, right? Are you open to receive? Are you ready to receive all the blessings? It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Source wants to pour it onto you. Your job is to open, to align. So this week I invite you to use your trained mind to set the molds you've created in your life. God bless you. So glad that you're here today. Thank you, come on back.